So joining me on the call today, I've got Ben Lay from Sales Ethos. Welcome to the call, Ben. Thanks, David. It's my pleasure. So tell us a bit about Sales Ethos and, and what their space is in the marketplace. Yeah, look, I started Sales Ethos uh, 11 years ago. And the, the goal at the time was really to bring an ethical approach to selling. Um, it's, it's kind of, uh, that's always remained at the very core of what I do. Uh, but since then, it's been evolving and I've been looking for different niches to help out. And I think broadly speaking, the group that I help the most are people from non-sales backgrounds. Yes, I can help uh, existing salespeople and they will definitely get a lot of value out of what I do. But people from non-sales backgrounds, whether you're an introvert or you're a healthcare professional or an architect, entrepreneur, these are the people who really need these skills but just have had no training, no background, no exposure to it. And having a sales process in place for them is of immense value. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you say that because, uh, you know, I used to be in a sales position for 10 years prior to starting this business. And the thing, that, the thing I realized very early in the piece is that sales is not a skill that you should optionally have. I think any person that communicates with another human being is almost obligated to improve their communication skills. And really, sales is just a set of communication skills. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so fascinating to see how sales skills are so transferable to other professions. Yeah. In fact, uh, speaking about the medical profession before, uh, interestingly, the medical community came up with their own framework to help improve patients' adherence to care plans, right? So mm -hmm. the problem was there was a lot of doctors were seeing that their patients were not taking their medications. Yep. So the doctors got together and the researchers got together and said, hey, we, we've got to address this problem. 50% of them not taking medications. What can we do? So they designed a framework called mm -hmm. motivational interviewing. And they, they started promoting this. And I, I had a look at the research. I, had, I, went, I took the course myself. And I said, and I thought to myself, this is exactly the same as a sales process. There's no difference whatsoever. <laughs> so I started adop adopting that into my practice yeah. and going up to, to medical clinics saying, hey, I can help you with motivational interviewing. And then and then I, I pull away the, 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 the drape and, and show them, hey, ta-da, it's the same as sales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I think a lot of people have a negative association with sales. And usually it's because they've had some level of poor experience with a poor salesperson. So they felt either pressured or they felt that, you know, they, they don't tell the truth or they don't have integrity. And it's only because it wasn't a good sales process that they remember it. Because for most people, they can't, they can't determine or decipher a good sales process because it feels like a conversation. It feels like that person's just listening and helping. And so I think my favorite definition of sales is professionally helping people buy. And yeah. I, and I just feel like you know too many people are scared off by sales. They think it's a bad thing. They think it's a negative thing. And uh, I think what you just described is super important because you just talked about the medical pra uh, medical practitioners having a sales issue, not selling drugs, but making sure that their patients did what they asked them to do. Right. So tell me a bit about um you, you know the the your sweet spot in the market. Who who are the people that you get the best results for? Small to medium, uh, I would say. Yeah. Usually with the larger companies, they tend to have established uh, internal processes and so forth. So usually the ones who have no formalization of their sales process, that's right. where I can come in. I can show them the, the techniques and the skills uh, that mm -hmm. they need. 
and then systemize it. Like, and I actually document each of the steps. So this is what you say when this objection comes up. You know, mm-hmm. ha- having that process is really important for scaling businesses because yeah. you want the team to be all doing the same thing, singing the same harmony uh, together, as opposed to haphazardly depending on each individual's experiences. Yeah, yeah. And what sort of impact, like developing the sales process, and it's almost like a non-sales sales process, what you just described. It's more procedural than it is about being pitchy. What what impact does putting something like that in place usually have? Quite phenomenal, actually. Um, in the smaller business space, that's where I've seen the greatest results. Um, mm. The typical case study is, I seem to have a theme of doubling, doubling business. So with the small players, uh, for example, I was working with one uh, roof tradie uh, and he was charging way less than what he should have for his yep. services, like half mm-hmm. of the market rates. Right. So he was told by his business coach he needs to increase his prices, but he was scared to do that because he was scared of losing clients. Mm. So when I worked with him, uh, I, I worked with him on his sales mindsets, but I also worked with him on his money and his business mindsets. Because those are absolutely critical. Like if you're going to feel good about selling, not only do you have to feel good about the selling process, but you also have to feel good about receiving money and being profitable. Yeah. And so once we were able to break through those mental barriers, then I helped him with his actual sales process about here's Mm -hmm. step one, step two, step three. And not only did we double his prices up to the market rates, but we also increased his conversion rates, which were already very high. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it was a phenomenal result within three months. Um, I repeated the process with a financial planner, which is kind of ironic <laughs> because they're, they're, they're all about money, but, but uh, they also had that mental barrier. But again, doubling their prices up to market rates uh, and with no loss of existing clients and increasing their conversions with new inquiries. So, yeah, right. so money psychology and sales, sales psychology is <laughs> fascinating field. Um, so yeah, putting putting those systems in process uh, and processes in place, as well as dealing with the mindsets, phenomenal change. So, so like you mentioned a couple of things here, and it's super interesting that you mentioned the money mindset because I believe the majority of people have a money mindset limitation. I think everybody does. It's just that. Some people are comfortable with where it is and some people like to shove it under the carpet. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, how, how does someone deal with a money mindset issue? What, what what are those sort of strings they need to pull to overcome it? Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, we need to look at where we've come from. Our media, our parents, they will all t- teach us all kinds of things about money. So we have the, the catchphrases, money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, money is the root of all evil, you know. Being able to recognize where our mindset comes from in the first place then allows us to uproot it. Yeah. And once we've uprooted it, then we can replace it with healthier perspective. And mm-hmm. one of my absolute favorite quotes of all times comes from a hero, Jim Rohn, who said, we should earn more than we need so that we can help others in need. And I think that's in one sentence, that's just so beautiful. That explains why it is almost a moral responsibility for us to earn as much as we possibly can yeah. so that we can help others who are less fortunate, like be earn, earn wealth so that we can be a distributor of wealth. Yeah. I think it's an absolutely beautiful concept. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, ta- that takes away the scarcity mindset and brings the abundance mindset to the table. 
Because I think I think what you described is is very common, especially with a small business owner. They they tend to compete on price, and they believe that price is the determinant of the sale. Um, and I guess it comes down to that old, uh, uh, you know, getting three quotes principle where, you know, I'll go with the best price. Um, and so people believe they have to be sharp on their pricing or they can't win business. And then they become addicted to the low price because they say, we can't change the price because we might lose go. So a lot of, a lot of fear gets uh, put in around it. And I, I think, you know, you, you touched on it a couple of times. Sales is a dirty word to a lot of people. <laughs> Okay, and and they just misunderstand what it actually is, and that stops them from being able to do that. So let me ask you uh, some tips for people who are in business and they feel like um, they're either in a price competitive environment, or they feel like they're losing clients because they don't want to seem pushy, or they're losing clients because you know they get the stall. Let me think about it, and I'll get back to you. How do they sort of identify exactly where to go and what they need to be focused on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's quite a few elements that you've mentioned in there, but but I yeah. think one of the overarching themes that will address all of them simultaneously mm. is this thing called differentiation. So, so, so David, you being a business coach, you know, you'd be uh, regularly helping people to be able to design their business in a way yeah. that that uh, creates differentiation. So, uh, and, and I see this all the time with uh, accountants, for example. You know, an accountant, it's accountant. You do the tax return, and and then so you become commoditized. Now, yeah. I used to sell commodities. Uh, I, I sold uh, these things called domain names, uh, arguably one of the most boring products on the planet. Mm. And not only did I sell a commodity, but we our price point was seven times what the competition was. So we had yeah. to, I had to figure out how do I ethically sell this. And, and and be persuasive at the same time. Mm. Um, and what I figured out was that the sales process in itself is a value proposition. It's it's a way to differentiate yourself. Yeah. So what I ended up saying to my prospective customers was that when you buy a domain name with us, uh, it's, uh, you, you don't just get the domain name, you get me. I'm giving you access to my direct line. Anytime you want to talk about uh, website strategy, business strategy with regard to digital, I'm going to be here to help you. Now, if you think about how much a web developer or a digital marketer would charge for their time, mm. you know, they would pay several hundred dollars per hour for that sort of thing. But but that was an inclusion with just doing business with me and my company at the time. Right. So, so when you think about the, let, let's just go back to the example of the accountants, if you uh, yourself are valuable and you create value through the sales process by giving good yep. advice and, and so forth, that's going to create your differentiation in itself. Mm -hmm. So really, like uh, I suppose what you've just described is that the, the salesperson themselves adds tremendous value, but they possibly don't see it. Um, they probably don't have, they haven't thought through what the value add is. And so they end up just describing the product and not the service delivery of the product. Absolutely. And I think I think when people start to take time to think about these things, they realize that it's, and you, and you mentioned one more thing about um, differentiation. And I think a lot of people struggle with differentiation in the marketplace. And I think the trend in, in our society is that we get communicated to more and more and more. So the volume of communication goes up every year. So yelling louder doesn't necessarily work when there's a million people yelling at the same time. And this is one of the issues with advertising. So this whole idea of differentiation, how does it tie in with sales? Yeah, well, differentiation is uh, 
a case of being able to articulate what mm. your difference is to begin with. Yeah. If you don't have any differentiation, that's then you're probably in a bit of trouble. Um, but um, if, if you have the ability to to value stack your 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 services, so you you package them together, put lots of different uh, add-ons to make it more valuable. That's that's one way to create differentiation. But mm -hmm. uh, but once you do that, you still have to communicate that through the sales process. Yeah. If you are just better at communicating your value to your clients, that in itself will in increase the perceived value and the differentiation of your service. Yes. Now, very, very interesting quote, right? That the business does not always go to the best product or to the best service. It goes to the best communicator, mm. right? So the, the marketing companies that are really good at what they do, oftentimes they, they sell pretty ordinary or pretty lousy products, right? But but they sell a lot because because of the effectiveness of the communication. So similarly with the sales process, if you are an effective communicator, it almost doesn't matter. Like, of course, for our integrity, we want to make sure we're providing a good service, right? But you don't have to be super different to someone else. You just have to be better at communicating it than the others. Yeah. And people will decide to go with you based on that because you're giving them the peace of mind and the confidence. They understand the value that they're going to get. Yeah. That gives them... The, the, the willingness to do business with you rather than someone else okay yeah interesting because uh, it's it's sort of it's a bit of an abstract idea for a lot of people um but what you're saying is it's not the product <laughs> it's the community it's the message and the message can be quite variable and a lot of people think it's not the message it's the product or it's the competitor or it's the marketplace so where do people start? So if, if we're going down this path and we're saying, all right, I think sales could be an area of my business or an area of my trade where I need to sharpen things up. What, what's the starting point? My usual process for what I call my due diligence process with clients. Mm. So they're checking me out, but I also want to check them out. Uh, my, my personal policy is that I have a best interests principle that I will not work with someone unless they're genuinely going to benefit from what I do. Mm -hmm. So three things I usually look at. What is your lead generation like? What are your conversion rates? And what are your prices like in the marketplace? If, if you're weak at any one of these three, or if you're weak at all three, then that's a very, very compelling case for us to work together. Uh, because uh, if we increase each area by, say, 10 or 20%, it stacks up. Yeah. stacks up to 30 60 percent and and as i mentioned with some of my clients they more than doubled their business as a result of working with me so mm. depending on where the deficiencies are at that's what would determine uh, a conversation now with uh just as a, a general guideline with leads you want to be working with uh, a, a certain volume per, per month if, if you're if you're only seeing one or two leads per month then that's what we would focus on Maybe, mm. maybe it's not even a sales question. Maybe it's a marketing question. Mm -hmm. With the conversion rates, your conversion rates just for leads coming from a website or any sources should be around 30 to 40%. If it's not 30 to 40%, then there's a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. If it's warm leads, like so someone that comes from a referral, 70 to 80% conversion should be about where you should be at. If yeah, you get right. less than that, then let's have a conversation and see if we can bump it up to that 70, 80%. Mm -hmm. And then for the pricing, uh, if the pricing, if you're only half of what the market rates are, or if you're struggling to create differentiation, you keep getting beaten by 
by yeah. cheaper competitors, then that's another uh, conversation piece as well. Yeah, yeah, okay, fantastic, fantastic. So let me ask you what you consider to be your superpower. My superpower, <laughs> my superpower is teaching. Yeah. I was not good at sales when I first began. In fact, I was the awkward kid growing up. I was the kind of kid who would hide in the corner at parties and hope that no one would talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> so being able to go from that to where I am today was a really long journey, like decades in the making. Yeah. But the advantage that I have over someone who is a natural salesperson is that I was able to observe all of the intricate steps that were necessary to get to here. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I've mapped it out and I can share that map with others. Yeah, right. Whereas someone who's naturally gifted at sales, you know, they, they're good, but they don't know why they're good. Uh, for me, I had to learn everything the hard way through trial and error and through research and, and so forth. Yeah. So my ability is being able to communicate that effectively to my clients so that they get it. They get it and then they can apply it straight away. Yeah. So it's not it's not personality driven. It's it's process driven, mm. which I think is is the good news for anyone who's identifies as an introvert or or even a people pleaser. I'm a I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know how I ended up in this profession, but <laughs> actually there's a big story about that. But uh, yes. Yeah. Look look I think I think in the end what what you're saying Ben is uh People need to know how to communicate more effectively if they deal with human beings. Now, yes. I used to do this um, when, when we did live seminars. I'd ask the question, who's married in this room? And you have a few people put their hands up and uh, I'd say, you probably uh, uh, need to communicate with someone, right? And I said, who's single? And the rest of the people put their hands up and say, you probably need to communicate with someone too. And then, and then <laughs> just to close it all off, I'd say, who's got children? And then you yes. get the sort of balance and you say, Every one of these people has a communication channel that they need to sort of navigate, right? Yes, yes. And if you actually learn how to communicate, so I'm not going to call it sales, I'll call it communication. If you learn how to improve your communication, you will get further with all of these connections. So I feel like in business, I think business 101 should be learn how to sell or learn how to communicate because as you just suggested, it's not the price, right? It's not the market. It's not the, it's not the product. Right, it comes down to the relationship and the trust and the and the sort of engagement that people have. So let me ask you one more question: um, books, podcasts, or that have inspired you in terms of sales? Because um, I'm, I'm a reader, and I know a lot of the people who listen to this like to hear about book titles. What would you suggest? Yeah, my go-to recommendation is the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Steve Covey. Um, I'm sure you've read that, mm -hmm. but uh, it's interesting that it was written for the general audience, but yeah. Every single one of the tips in it and the seven principles applies to the sales profession. Almost feels like it was written just for salespeople. Yeah, right. Um, so, so that was the first one. Next one is uh, how to win friends and influence people. The classic Dale Carnegie. Mm. Yeah. Um, if I were to summarize it, it's it's about how to be more charismatic uh, and and to yeah to to earn people's trust and and liking. Uh, so it's a fantastic read. Um, the third one was um, Ziegler's Zig Ziglar, you know. So this one's directly sales. Uh, yeah. The the secrets of uh, closing the sale. Um, so absolutely loved uh, his 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 work was the reason that I got into the sales profession. Yeah, right. Uh, to learn this skill because it was a massive gap in my personality um, mm -hmm. and, and uh, skill set. So yeah, I absolutely uh, recommend those ones. 
Yeah, awesome, awesome. So, any any last thoughts for people who are running a business and are feeling like they're getting the pinch, getting pinched in the sales arena? They, you know, they're getting sort of they're not they're not getting the conversion they want. Um, they're getting beat up on price. Any final words or tips for those guys? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's have a chat <laughs> because uh, ultimately, you know, I, I in addition to that best interest principle and therefore going through that due diligence, I also have the uh, run this business with the generosity mindset. In even if we don't end up working together, my goal is to provide my prospective clients as much value as I possibly can. That might mean giving a few tip, tips and tricks for mm. them to apply straight away, or yep. it might be connecting them with someone who can help them. If if it's not me, then then someone else. And I've got I do a lot of networking, so I've got uh, all sorts of subject matter experts. You almost. Any area you just mentioned it, I've got someone that I can recommend who I know is going to treat you well. Yeah. So let's just have a chat. Let's investigate if we can work together and get you massive return on investment within three months or 12 months. And if not, I'll give you something of value regardless. Yeah, fantastic. Ben, thanks so much for your time today. It's really insightful to see someone who's a sales trainer who really doesn't have a natural gift for sales. Sounds a bit odd, but uh, I guess exactly what you just said is you've actually had to construct it systematically, which would help a lot of people who don't see themselves in that sales arena. So thanks very much for your time today, Ben. Likewise. Thanks so much, David. It's an absolute pleasure. Cheers.